Welcome to today's episode of the Encouragement Outpost podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer, and we have been talking about 10 of God's comforting responses to our imperfections. You only have to live a very short time or just just look at God himself. Look at how holy he is, how magnificent he is, and you you'll you'll automatically recognize that that you're not, that you're so very opposite of what he is. And so when we recognize that God is so very powerful and that he has the ability and the justified ability to destroy us for our imperfections, for our coming short, then you cannot help but also look at the fact that he is very merciful and compassionate. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So stay tuned. Where would you and I be without the mercy and compassion of God? That is one of God's most endearing to me responses to our imperfection. Um, we kind of touched on it on a little bit on it a little bit, but as I've been doing this study, I'm recognizing that there are just different nuances. You know, when we talk about God's love, his love brings about his compassion. When we talk about uh, God's patience, he is the way he, he expresses patience uh, to us is, is by his mercy and his compassion. So they all make a beautiful soup. It's like a vegetable soup and you've got, you've got these different vegetables in it and, and, and they all are a part of the same soup. And so whenever I think about God's compassion and his mercy, one particular um, passage that I read many years ago just really struck my heart. It really helped me to see God in a different way because my initial understandings about God were that he was, he was, he was too big to wrap my head around and he still is. But to the point where I could not understand what it meant to love him. Uh, and I think I may have touched on that a little bit um, when, when I talked about the love of God. I, I honestly can't remember. But, but this particular passage in 2 Samuel chapter 24, and I'm just going to give you a synopsis of it. Um, David had sinned against God in that he, um, he did something God said that he was not to do. And someone came to him and said, uh, King David, are you sure you want to do this? And he said, yes, 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 go ahead and do it. And he did it. And then afterwards, the Bible says that he was very guilt stricken. He was very much, very much aware that he had, he had sinned against God and he was sorry. And, you know, David, King David is called a man after God's own heart. And you can really see it in this passage, um, where in verse 10, it says, but after he had taken the census, David's conscience began to bother him from the New Living Translation. You know, when you belong to Jesus and you commit sin against him, you ought to have a sense of sorrow about it. It ought not sit well with you. It, it should prick your conscience. And that that, that certainly is what happened here um, in, in the heat of the moment and, you know, in his pride, David made a poor choice. And then after he did it, he was like, oh, man, I really shouldn't have done that. And so 
God uh, sends the prophet uh, Gad to him and say and said, um, you, you're going there, there's going to have to be consequences for this. And so the Lord gave David three choices of how he was going to be chastised of the of, of three possible consequences. And he says, we, uh, I'm, I'm, again, I'm reading from uh, the New Living Translation. And it says, so Gad came to David and asked him, will you choose three years of famine throughout your land, three months of fleeing from your enemies, or three days of severe plague throughout your land? Think this over and decide what answer I shall give uh, the Lord who sent me. So David thinks it over. And he says in verse 14, I'm in a desperate situation, but let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is great. His mercy is great. In other words, David had the presence of mind and the good sense to say, I don't want to be at the mercy of human beings because human beings can be merciless. Have you ever been at the hands of someone's lack of mercy, someone's lack of compassion? They didn't hold back at all. And so David knew something beautiful about God that, so he said, even though I've made a poor choice and even though I'm going to have to um, suffer the consequences for this, I'm going to choose to allow the compassionate God to bring a severe plague. So it happens. All right. Y'all people are dropping like flies left and right. There's plague. And it says when it was all over with 70,000 people died throughout the nation. But here's the thing that, that gripped my heart. It's that in verse 16, it says, but as the angel was preparing to destroy Jerusalem, see, this was part of the, the this is the, this is the way it was supposed to be. This is, this is part of what David agreed to. It says the Lord relented and said to the death angel, stop, that is enough. Y'all, I could just see our heavenly father up in heaven, seeing the pestilence seeing these people die and his heart is moved with compassion. He says, that's enough. Stop, stop. Um, my, my mother-in-law, she's gone on to be with Jesus now, um, going on two years now. But I remember <laughs> when, when our children were little and we called her Mimi, Mimi would call and 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 sometimes in the background, at least one time I remember, uh, in the background, um, we were one some one of the children was being disciplined, and they were they were crying and all of this. And Mimi would say, "What's what's going on?" We say, "He's not behaving. You know, he's getting a spanking because he did that and the other." And she says, "Oh, don't spank him! Please stop! Please stop!" And she would hang up the phone because she could not bear to hear her precious grandchildren. <laughs> getting a spanking. And that's the picture of what I see here. It's, I know they've done wrong. I know they've done wrong. And, and, and I'm so sorry that I have to do this, 
But, oh, I'm going to stop. He told the angels, stop, stop. Y'all, I don't know, but that's there's something about that that just undoes me. A holy God who is well within his rights to execute judgment, to, to really destroy us if he wanted to. But uh, Psalm 103 says that he, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Why? It's not that we don't deserve it. It's because of his great compassion. It's because of his great compassion. Um, I'm also thinking of Psalm 51 uh, verse 1. And many of you know that this is the passage that uh, King David wrote after he had committed that terrible sin with Bathsheba. And he also had arranged for the murder of her husband. And and he says in verse one, he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. There's that word again. We saw great compassion in Second uh, Samuel 24. But we also see it here in verse one of, of Psalm 51. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. None of us can come to God with a sense of entitlement. None of us, we must always come to him begging for his mercy because mercy recognizes that there is no deserving. It's like grace. You don't come to God and say, God, you owe me grace. No, no, no. God, grant me grace. I'm so very undeserving, but I'm asking you to grant me your grace. And a thought occurred to me. Had not God revealed to us that he is compassionate, we would not know it. God has chosen in his great compassion to make us aware that that is something that we can call upon. Uh, Do you remember the commercial uh, many years ago where I think it was like it was an easy button? I think it may have been an office supply store where... um, you know, you were in a particular situation, uh, you know, and 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 you you push the easy button, and suddenly you got a get out of jail free card, so to speak. There was something, you, you know, you got you got compassion, you got you got mercy, and you know, in a sense, because God has revealed this aspect of Himself to us, we have we have a button, we have a compassion button. He has made us aware that there is mercy, that there's mercy. There's a song. It talks about us running to the mercy seat. We're running because we are very much aware that we we're in desperate need of it. There's another passage, and I hadn't I hadn't planned to talk about this, but it just came to mind. Uh, I think it's called the Rebellion at Korah. Um, uh, I want to say it's in Numbers, but I'm not certain. But there was a there was a there was a, a season where the children of Israel were grumbling against Moses, against God's anointed leader, and God caused the ground to 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 open up and swallow within seconds of just all of these this carnage. There, all of these people are just the ground is just swallowing them up. And somebody, I can't remember who it is, ran to grab something, um, 
sensor. They they went to grab it, grab a sensor. I apologize uh, for not being. Um, this is just something that just kind of popped in my mind. So I don't. I'm not as articulate about it as I as I could be had I looked at it beforehand. But but the person was running. Can you imagine? Because he recognized the sooner he got to that place of mercy, the sooner he got his hand upon that thing that God would recognize and stop his hand of judgment, the, the more lives would be saved. And so he runs. And as soon as he gets, he gets his hand on that, the carnage stops. The ground closes up. Oh, my goodness. How many more people would have died had there not been that option to press into and to access the compassion and the mercy of God. Um, I did a, just a little bit of a, st- a word study and the Hebrew word for uh, mercy is, I, I, I even pressed one of those, those um, pronunciation guides. It's rachem, or I think he said rachem, <laughs> something like that. And then another um, uh, lexicon put an inks- emphasis on the second syllable, rakam. But the interesting thing is that the root also, the root of this, of this Hebrew word also um, is used in the word womb. And so think about a womb. Think about a, a woman who is carrying a baby. Think about the love and the protection that is there. And so that root kind of add, kind of lends a little bit of the, the the mindset of God when he is when he is expressing compassion to us when he is extending mercy to us it's a it, there's a protection there is a there's a recognition that uh that that protection is needed there another one of my favorite um verses about the mercy and compassion of God is in Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 and 23. And if you know anything about the context, Jeremiah, the prophet, the weeping prophet, um, has, has gotten some bad news and, and things are not well. This is just a very dark season in Israel's history. And he is these few verses. If you read Lamentation, Lamentations means weeping. And so there's all of this bad news but then there are these two little sparks of light here in these verses. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. There's that word great again. His, his compassions are new. The Lord remembers his compassions toward us, even in the midst of difficulty in the even while we're laying in a bed that is hard by our own making we can still see the mercy and the compassion of God you know sometimes when you when you hear when you think about people who are bitter people who are angry who people who are cynical because things have not gone the way they felt they should go um what they need to help them in that bitterness and in that swallowing of that 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 hard pill that that life has dealt them is to look at what could have been 
Yes, you are upset. Yes, you're angry. Yes, you're disillusioned by what has happened. But look at what it could have been. That's the thing about compassion. Sometimes you see God cutting some things short. But sometimes there are things that are just avoided altogether. Um, I think about Stephen in in Acts, in uh, the New Testament, when he is being stoned and also Jesus on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Think about the judgment that is due, uh, the cruelty that was being exercised on Jesus on the cross and Stephen, a righteous man who was being stoned. That's compassion there. And just as a side note, because we have been shown compassion, God calls us to show compassion to others as well. So, you know, it's, it's not about deserving. It's not about deserving. It's about mercy. It's about love. And then the final um, verse that I want to look at, actually the final verses uh, are found in Psalm 103. There are three places where the word compassionate or compassion appears in this particular chapter. And the first one is in verse eight. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Aren't you glad that in the midst of all of that power, in the midst of all of that majesty, that there is also compassion? Also in verse 13, it says, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Um, the next. Oh, I'm sorry, that 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 that's the that's the, the place. I'm sorry. In verse 13, both of those uh, words appear uh, twice. I'm sorry, that one word appears twice in verse 13. So there's a comparison here as a father has compassion on his children. Uh, I had a very and have a very compassionate father. Uh, if you watched the last episode, <laughs> you know about the compassion and the mercy and the patience of my earthly father. But uh, God gives us this comparison here as a father has compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Um, Jesus was talking about how God how God provides for his children. And he says that your heavenly father knows what you have need of him even before you ask. And he says, if you uh, being evil, know how to provide good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your heavenly father feed you? So earthly fathers, good earthly fathers can be uh, good examples, but they pale in comparison to our great God, who is very compassionate. So today be encouraged, my friend, that you serve a very compassionate God. Um, one of the uh, commentaries that I consulted and also in the lexicon in the back of my Bible, it talks about the fact that compassion is not just a feeling all by itself. No, compassion 
moves to do something about the misery of the person who needs the compassion. It's not just love that pities, that says, oh, those poor things. No, it it moves, it does something about the misery. And so we have the example of the cross. God saw that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, that we had absolutely no hope of ever earning our way back to him. We had sinned, we had broken his law, and out of his great compassion, he sent his son, Jesus. What if God had not sent his son, Jesus? Hell would be our only option. Can you imagine? And yet there are people who live as though hell really is the only option they have. Uh, I remember standing in a gas station um, it was close to Christmas one year and there were there, there was a cashier and then there was this guy. He was getting ready to buy this ginormous can of beer. And uh, the, 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 the cashier said something about the beer. And then the man said, yeah, you only go around once. So may as well, you know, live the best you can, you know, do, do all you can while you can. And it, it just broke my heart. They weren't talking to me <laughs> and we were in a line. And so uh, I didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to chime in and say anything. Maybe it, maybe I should have. I don't know. But that is the mindset of many people. Let's just live it up because we could die at any time and there's nothing beyond the grave. But the Bible tells us something different. And because of God's great love and compassion, we have the option to receive Jesus because he came to this sinful world in the form of a baby. He grew up and became a man, lived a sinless life, and gave his life for you and me. That is mercy, and that is compassion. So I hope that you will appeal to the compassion of God today. I cannot help but notice that um, it says in verse 13 of Psalm 103 that the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. David feared God. God has a different attitude sometimes uh, for those who have a haughty attitude, who are stiff-necked and who refuse to, to repent, who refuse to fear him. But even in the midst of that, like I said earlier, you know, he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. So we see compassion on both ends. We see that God has compassion on the ignorant, but he also has compassion on those who love him and who fear him. Because he remembers that we are dust, that we fall and we, we falter and we're frail. And so he offers his great compassion. I'm so very God, glad that God has made us aware of that particular part of his character. If you've been encouraged by today's message, I hope that you will pass it on to someone else. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Have you ever heard the statement that you can't see the forest for the trees? <laughs> Today, I'm going to talk about uh, something that is actually a huge source of encouragement to us as Christians in the face of our inadequacies. And when I, when I say it, you're going to go, well, duh, well, of course. 
But I think sometimes we are guilty of not seeing the forest for the trees to the neglect of this very important tool of encouragement that God has given us. So stay tuned today as we talk about number nine, the number nine comforting response that God has to your imperfections. And I hope that it will set your heart on fire to take full advantage of this very wonderful tool.